is my uncle. He choked me to death. Whenever anybody says they're a little concerned, they're very concerned. So what? What's wrong with being sexy? Hello and welcome to 20 and 21. If you wonder why I'm a little quiet, it's because we're in the riding the storm out, just like old REO. Riders in the storm house. Riders on the storm. Into this house with rope. I love that song. That's a still good one. Um, it's uh, it's storming out. So if you hear this, well, if you hear this, it means we made it through the storm. If there's an outage, you'll never hear it. From the storm. <laughs> Sorry. There's so many storm songs. There's so many storm songs. Let's see. What else we got there? We got Riders on the Storm. We got Riding the Storm Out. Um, we got uh, Twisting the Night Away. That counts, right? <laughs> That's something. We got, I think that uh, works. The Storm Chaser song that Van Halen wrote for the movie Twister. Oh we, boy, that was a piece of that was a piece of sh. <laughs> well, Shark's not here, so we can talk bad about Twister this week. See, <laughs> that's his favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman performance. Yeah, I think the only the only Twister. movie he thinks I'm higher of is a, the Evolution movie. Evolution. It's like Evolution and Twister, Twister. Are the pinnacle of Western <laughs> cinema. <Yep. laughs> Does he know they're remaking Twister? Is he prepared for this? I, I did not know this. This is true. Yeah, let me check. Let me check the Googles. I'm almost sure they're remaking it. Remaking oh, Twister. No. Twister sequel says summer 24 release from Variety. Now I don't want to be this guy, but didn't uh, I get the I get the bills confused? One of them died. Was it the Twister bill or was it Independence yes, Day bill? Yes, it's the it, it's no, the, it's the it's the Twister it's bill. Twister bill. Oh no. Yeah, this, the, from what I remember, the hospital actually screwed something up that they shouldn't. <laughs> his family has been in a lawsuit with him oh. ever since. I loved him on uh, the Big Love there. Uh, you and, know, uh, it's funny if you look back, that dude. Okay, so like think about it. he was Chet in Weird mm-hmm. Science. That's the first mm-hmm. role I remember him in. Mm-hmm. Then he was in either Alien. He was in he's Aliens. In, uh, Aliens. Yeah, he's in the second one. Great, yes. great performance. And then, yeah. Absolutely. Then he's in Twister. Uh-huh. Then, classic. Um, I mean, despite what yeah, it is, it's we classic. make fun it's of fun. Shark, it's classic. Yeah, it's, it's fun. fun. It's fun. It's a blockbuster. It was one of the uh, you know one of the first mold blockbuster mold. He, movies. Oh, I'll tell you what. He was in a movie that I really love that nobody gives love to, and I, I wish that wasn't true. Um, it was a movie that came out like my. Junior or senior year called Indian Summer. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember that about uh-huh. those guys going back to their Ooh. summer camp? Alan Arkin, uh, Kevin Alan Arkin, Alan Arkin. Yeah, and Hello. he was he was fantastic in this movie too. Alan yeah, that's <laughs> I thought I had it for just a second. I had it, <laughs> had it, had it lost. But it. no, I think um, I, I hear people uh, I hear people praise that movie on occasion. I, I think it's yeah, uh, it just gym. it's like no one paid attention to it for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it's a total boomer movie. They're boomers. Well, you know, what? Back to there were so many movies came out in the nineties oh, like that. I think that, Diane Lane's in it. I think. Oh, love me some Diane Lane. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but so many movies came out in the nineties like that that just went. Like there was a movie I remember called Box of Moonlight, and it had one of my favorites ever, Sammy Rockwell, and it was an I remember that title, but I don't know if I saw it. He was just like a crazy dude living. I don't know. It was it was a silly, fun little movie. 
but you can't find that movie. You know, that movie's long gone. Um, yeah. There's a movie called Niagara, Niagara with one of my favorites, uh, Robin Tunney. Um, uh, that movie's gone. Like, there's so many 90s movies that, that went under the radar to such an extent that they just disappeared. You, you can't find them anymore. You might be able to find a bootleg right. of them. Well, one of my wife's favorite movies, I'm staring at it right now because I had to go on a worldwide search to find it, is 200 Cigarettes. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Classic, great. Uh, uh, yeah, Gen and li- listen to this cast for this movie, Indian Summer. It came out in 93. Mm-hmm. All right, Alan Arkin, Diane wow. Lane. Beautiful. Bill Paxton. Sam Raimi had a small part in okay. it. Okay. Matt Craven. Uh, Elizabeth Perkins. Hey, oh. Kevin Pollock. Nice. And then you start kind of, another main character, Vincent Spano. You've oh, seen yeah. him and stuff yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, that's the that's the big main cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good cast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but though, 200 Cigarettes is a great movie. Yeah. Who did to... that? Who did that movie, by the way? You know, I couldn't tell you. I think it's a, uh, not just going to sound, I was going to say a foreign person. I don't think it's an American director for some reason. I think it's a woman. Um, and Let me I, see. I'm I, looking I'm right now. I'm not sure who did it. Uh, I, have, I have no clue. We watch it all the, okay, quite often. Okay, let me but... see. But I couldn't tell uh, you. I got editor. Why don't you tell me who did the movie, man? Come on. <laughs> uh, 200 Cigarettes is directed by Risa Brayman Garcia. Yeah, I was right. On all counts, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't know anything else about it. I mean, and, and talk about a cast. Oh, yeah. Holy it's cow. loaded and it's fun. Everybody's having fun in yep. it. Great movie. Yep, absolutely. It's hard to watch um, that uh, notorious turf, Dave Chappelle. Having yes, such yes. great lines in it, but, <laughs> but I can separate what he was to what he became. I think I don't know. Sure, uh, absolutely. I mean, I still, I still think um, his sketch comedy is brilliant, even though mm-hmm. I'm still frustrated with him now. You know, what yeah, I mean? that's like, the word. That's a good word. Frustrated. I am frustrated with him. That's, yeah. that's a better word. You know, because we've talked about this a lot, and I don't care repeating it, just because I, I feel, I feel like I should. It I bears just feel repeating. like he has. It does. He just started punching down, and that's just he did. It's just, and he uh, seems to he seems to get a kick out of it, and uh, yeah. And luckily, there's a whole lot of but a bunch of other comics that are smart enough to point that out. And uh, I don't know if he's listening to him, but uh, he should be. Right. We were talking right before we hit uh, the old record button about our boy uh, Tarantino's um, calling it quits, and uh, he's got that movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm the, still in denial. The movie critic is. Uh, <laughs> Seems like it's all a real thing. I, I, I was, you know, hesitant to say for sure that that was it, but from all accounts, yeah, I, it's going into production. It's happening. I read an article, script's done, and it's going into production. Yeah. So it's what I read. Yeah, he's casting it already. So Now, I hope, I'm dear, listeners, dear listeners, you won't know this because you weren't with us when we were talking shit about you behind your back. No, <laughs> seriously. Eastwood is trying to make me feel better because... There's rumors that you know he might do like a Netflix series. He may go to series and yes. novels he and might things go like to this. You ten, ten episode series, I think, or eight. Oh, episodes. I hope like if he made ten episode series the rest of his life, I would be fine with it. Yeah. I'll watch every one of them. Um, I, I don't care. I just love his style. We There's know no that one like he truly is an original. He is an original. You know the thing though is he might become something totally different on television because if you think about the way he makes movies, he's emula- emulating people he loves that made movies right right well we know that he loves television he's very specific about the tv he loves yes so when he goes to make tv will he be making cinema for television or will he be making 
the t- or will he be emulating the TV that he loved? Um, that is a good question because, and, and I'll tell you why I like this question so much. Is as you know, I am a huge fan of Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Like, love that movie. Yes, and it grows. I it gets better even, every every time you watch it. Does. It, it yeah. does. It does. It absolutely does. And a lot of his movies do, but I think this one really that's the does. Biggest, that's the one that does. Yeah, the most. it really does. I mean, Jackie Brown gets better for me, even though you know it's my least sure. favorite thing he's ever done. I still like um, it. But yeah, uh, I watched the episodic version on Netflix. You know, yeah. where they chop mm-hmm. it up into like four or five yeah, parts. And, it's and it totally works. Yeah, oh, yeah, it totally Absolutely. works. So I, I'm like, he could do him in series form. It's true. Yeah. The only thing it doesn't have that Netflix seems to like is that immediate, which they wouldn't care, I think, if they had him. Is Netflix wants that immediate watch time. They want you to they want yeah. the, they want the episode to end and you then you go I gotta you watch that another. next one. Which is horrible right. writing, I think. It it, it pigeonholes the writer for every episode i th- i think so too i um, mean like to be a you know, little we, hot box that ends in a cliffhanger well, you know it's it's a joke i was getting ready to say that you know um cliffhanger was invented by dickens you know oh. because he wrote first he wrote serial newspapers ah, his, a lot okay. of his stories were serial newspapers and I so like he literally that. would have a character hanging off a cliff <laughs> like hanging and you have to wait till the next week to find out oh. if they die or if they're safe. And so Cliffhanger goes all the way back. But, but to I your thought point, old, I thought old Sylvester, I was pretty sure Sylvester Stallone <laughs> invented that term, but go ahead. Well, of course, he he, re, he you know he brought it back. Him and uh, uh, like Maggie. JT, he's bringing sexy back. Um, <laughs> he, uh, but he, him and John know, Lithgow is a bad it guy. It completely pigeonholes him for a while. Mm-hmm. And so when he breaks out of this form and starts writing more novel form, I think he starts doing more interesting things. And I think well, that's sure. your point is that you know, like I, I have enjoyed Stranger Things. I think it's starting to go on a little too long now. Yeah. I do, but I can tell that, like, I still say it I don't know. Have been and, and we pay we trilogy. pay attention to too much stuff, like we do. Yeah. But I think that um, you can tell that it's like, well, we got to end it right here so we can pop it up in ten seconds, and you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they write themselves into a line. And then let it, you know, yeah. go. So. And that to me yeah. is uh, that's 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 Netflix telling them to do that, and that's also a writer's room. Sure, that's one hundred percent writer's room mentality, and they all have to kind of copy each other's formula, hey, show I'm by show. You, if Netflix but, would give us some of their sweet, sweet, sweet money, <laughs> I would write in that way for them every well, time. Well, no, I was going to say, give a rat's ass. but then let's look <laughs> at uh, uh, a show like Fargo that's written by Josh Holly. Oh. Gosh, those shows are so singular, good. singular writer. Um, yep. And yep. how and how much better it is. They don't have to end on a cliffhanger each episode. No. There's something happens interestingly, you know, and something's interesting enough yeah. to keep you there. Yep. Um, it's just yeah, and it, I, it, 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 generally it will end with something impactful, which I would re- much rather mm-hmm. have an impactful ending than ooh, right. I have to t- watch the next one now. <laughs> right. Um, um, and I think you think you're onto something because I'm really. Um, the last one that I watched, I think, was the last one with uh, Chris Rock. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. that uh, was the last gosh, one. Gosh, it was such yeah. a good show. And I think you you hit it on the head. You know, these episodes would end, and sometimes the real climax of the episode was 20 minutes 20 before minutes it ended. before it, yeah, yeah. And then everything's just kind of a subtle, um, what I call the, um, okay. what? 
a reset. Ner- nervous uh, resolution. You know what I mean? Yes, like it's yes, things are resolved, resolution. but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Not in a good way. <laughs> you know, yes, or, and things or are uneasy about what's going to happen. Yes, or maybe we're not sure how things are going to reset, or they're reset in such yeah. a way that we're like, huh? Yep, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because no, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, hey, I got to throw this out before I forgive. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to like this. So we can get to this or not. It's totally up to you. But Holden and I wanted to see a movie this weekend. Oh. I really want to see John Wick Four. I have this and on he my. Uh, to, I have this but, on my list because I got to ask you: Is D and D is it actually good? Okay, so let let me do this first, and okay, I'll come okay, back to D and D. No, 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 no. Because that's what I didn't know if you wanted to talk about. D&D. I did. Okay. Yeah. So we're sitting there, and the previews come on. And the preview comes on for Wes Anderson's new movie. Yes. Uh, Atomic Town or something. Meteor Meteor Town or something. Meteor Park. Meteorville. Asteroid City. Asteroid Asteroid City. City. (laughs) We were so close. (laughs) Okay. Have you seen the preview for it? Yes, I have. I was very unimpressed. Okay. Oh, I loved it. I thought it looked so much fun. But here's what's great. Holden, once it ends, looks over at me and goes... Why did it look that I way? I want to see that. Oh, good. Okay. And I said, you do? And he's like, I've never seen a movie look like that. Okay. And so, like, we're sitting there, and it's a, and another preview starts that we'd already seen. And I was like, well, this is Wes Anderson, and I'm a big fan. And I start telling him that he loves making these quirky-looking, quirky, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, can I watch any of them? And I said, well, absolutely. Ah. I, said, uh, I said, I think the first one I would show you would be Moonlight Kingdom. Ooh, or Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Dog death in that one, though, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. And I could, you know, get past that if I need a fast forward or whatever. <laughs> but like, I'm not sure about Rushmore or Royal Ten. Yeah. About. Not, not, not so that much. the material is not good, but I don't know what they would appeal to him. No, I don't. But think my so. point is, I thought it was great that an 11 year old kid who yeah. had some pretty decent taste and stuff saw this and went. I've never seen anything like this before. And instead of saying, I don't want to see it, he went the other way. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that this, is, and, I kind of, and I want to see it. That is a good reaction, because as I watch, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch watch the trailer. I've seen pieces of it on YouTube. Okay, I've seen it twice now, once and, uh, in the theater. Once, it might have made a difference if I was forced to watch it uh, in a theater. <laughs> but uh, I haven't. I've just seen it on my phone. Uh, so therefore, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, okay, he's even... <laughs> He's un- he's overexposing his color palette now to, yeah. And, and my first thought was like, eh, some cinema nerds are gonna love this. Some cinema nerds are gonna hate this. Right. Um, and, and I've and I you know I was going through my head like, what's the benefit of him shooting it that way? The look of it uh, is it solely right. because is it solely so when people see it they say, oh, that's clearly a Wes Anderson movie. Even though this right. one is is not uh, the palette's way toned down, the, the brightness of it is not what, yeah. is what not what he usually does. Um, so it was, I was very curious. Of course, I was th- like looking at well, like, see, what did he I'm, shoot this I'm, on. I was I was immediately right. like, how did he shoot this? What film did you use? I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt that he's doing it for the very reason of where it's shot at. Mm-hmm. To give it washed this out. Of, yeah, yeah. Because I will be honest with you, when I first went to the deserts in Arizona, and I went to the Painted Desert. Me and Koppel and another guy went together because I had wanted to see it since I was a child. We were close, so we drove to it. Now that's where all the meth heads go out there with paint, right? And they paint. <laughs> I, I, they paint I don't the think desert. so. They paint. They spray paint everything. Tag it with their meth. With their meth names. Toothless Ted. And they huff. And they Toothless. huff. Um. Tooth gummy, gummy, gummy Brenda. 
Yeah. <laughs> Got me, Brenda. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, you know, like, I, it was everything I wanted it to be. But I'm going to tell you, after about 20 minutes, yeah. it's, it's, so, uh, it's so much that you kind of, your senses just can't, it, it, you can't you, take you, it. You lose, yeah, you lose. the impact is gone. It's gone. It's so yeah. overwhelming and it's gone. And I wonder if that's part of it because they're trapped in this place. They can't leave. They all come there for a vacation. Yeah. Randomly, and then they want to get the hell out of there, and for reasons that happen, they can't. They can't. Oh, very okay. Um, that, that could very well be. So I will watch I mean, it. Like, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, this cast looks fantastic. Um, uh, Clooney's even got some like weird little part in it. Tom Hanks <laughs> has joined the the tribe, mm-hmm. um, and and it looks like Hanks is going to play a kind of dark character, which I which I like. Is he talking like this? <laughs> <laughs> What's he saying? No, boy. Oh. He's not the same this oh, time. Oh, Wilson, come over here. He's <laughs> the same. Look at that nose, boy. You and I are dreamers. Nose, boy. Uh, no, this one, he's like a really aloof, distant person. It's like Jason Schwartzman, or whatever his name is, is the main character, I think. Nice. Okay. His wife has died. This is all in the trailer. His wife has died, and he's bringing his girls to this place, and I think they're supposed to hook up with Hanks there. And Hanks is, you know, that's his daughter that died. So at one ah. point, he's just basically like, family is a, a real monotone. Family is everything to me. You are not my family, but these girls are. You know, so there's this, I don't know, it looks, yeah. you know, kind of dark. So, But well. the quirky fun is still there, so I'm excited. All right. Now. Huh? All right, now to D and D. Okay, yeah, so first thing I want to tell you, I keep seeing things like it's actually good. <laughs> well, okay, it's a so weird I want to tell you say. something here. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons, Rotten Tomatoes. Now mm-hmm. we both know that we don't see Honor that as the be all end all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's a good thing to look at for for movie geeks like it's us. You can kind of indicator. start somewhere. A little bit. All yeah. right, it has two hundred and fifty one professional reviews, and it's still at ninety one percent. Wow, that's a lot of tomatoes. Okay, That's money so here's, I, okay, <laughs> I don't want to give away Hey, let me tell you something. That's mm-hmm. a lot of tomatoes. <laughs> that's a lot of tomatoes. Um, that sounds like something Tony Soprano should say. <laughs> it's a lot of tomatoes. That's a lot of tomatoes over here. <laughs> In the story. Um, Tone is selling so, tomatoes uh, like crazy over here. You ought to see the racket they got going. <laughs> They're coming straight from Italy, Tone. <laughs> shipping them overnight somehow on ice. You gotta get Fu- you gotta get Furio in on this. That's Furio. He's gotta know where they're coming from. Um, we could sell them out of the back of the bean, Tone. <laughs> you got a lot of that. <laughs> Silvio could take him over to the. Goddamn it! I can't think of the. Guys that owns the restaurant. Oh well. Oh, Artie Boko. Artie Boko. We can make a kill, and Artie would pay top dollar. <laughs> Take the tomatoes, Artie. <laughs> 
think we should do uh, oh. Sopranos fan fiction, but it's actually filmed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and Film fiction. Of, we all act in it, and none of us look Italian. No, but we just go. And with we're it. just dressed, dressed normal. We have <laughs> our normal clothes. On. We're not in a long hair, gray beard, apology of t-shirts. We're just in our, in our kitchen. We're not even trying to find a set that looks right. Yeah. T. T, you gotta watch this. <laughs> you gotta watch this, T. <laughs> Put a little gray. Put a little oh yeah. In my hair, in your hair, your poly wall. That's I could do that standing on my head, Tone. <laughs> All I'd have to do is put your fingers together in front of you, and every now and then go. <laughs> I love when Tony calls him out on it. Do you know you have a tick? Is something have a wrong with you? Do you have Tourette's? <laughs> what you talk about, Tone? Uh. <laughs> so yes, all right, D and D. Okay, okay. So here's what I wanted to say about this. Yes. All right, Chris Pine. I love you. Know I love me some Chris Pine. I do. I do. Too. He goes all okay, over the so place. He's fun. Here's what I find interesting. So the movie has kind of a by-the-numbers opening where you get a little bit of action and monster, right? You know what's going to happen. It's Dungeons and Dragons. You don't really see any more monsters or major battles till the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Really? So my point is, it's a film. Like, character development. Yeah. Sadness. Funny things. Um, there's emotional stakes involved in everything, wow. and then they don't really give you the 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 payoff until the last part of the movie. And okay. to me, I I walked out of there like at first like kind of stunned. And I asked Holden, <laughs> I said, "What did you think?" And he's like, "Well, I wish there would have been more monsters." He's like, "But when they did finally bring him, it was really great." And I said, "So did you not like it?" He's like. No, I loved it. There, there were some really sad parts. Okay. So, I mean, like, there's the kid review. This was a real movie. They actually wanted this. And so then I told Holden the rumor is they want to make a series of these. Okay. And his first response is, yeah, they if they do that, they need to have a different cast every time. Uh-huh. And I was like, why do you say that? And he's like, well, because, like, now everybody's story's full. Like, for instance, there's one character that has magic. He's not very good, but by the end, he's very good. So Holden's gotcha. like, we know that. He's good. Well, let's find new characters that have to find themselves. Oh, and do I thought that was an interesting that take. very interesting. He doesn't want to just see him uh, let loose because the fun thing yeah, about he's that. Like, he's, OP. he's like, he's OP. We know it now. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. The, you know, generally, the fun thing about the sequel is we don't have to set this up anymore. Correct. You can just Correct. get it. You can just get into it, and you don't want to. Now, to... here's the thing. There is one spoiler I want so damn bad to oh. tell you, and it's not even part of the major plot. But they have mm-hmm. one of the most brilliant Easter eggs mm-hmm. in the movie I've ever seen. Vin Diesel. Like I was, I caught it as a like out of the corner of my eye, and I leaned over and told Holden. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't see it. But they wanted you to see it, so they bring it back, and you get to see it full face for about five seconds. Whoa. And then they move on. And I was like, oh, that was genius. That was so genius. Okay. So I, I'm i telling you, I thought it was a very, very good movie. And to be honest, I can't wait for it to come out 
like on HBO Max for thirteen dollars sure. a month. Yeah, um, you know because right. HBO Max is you know HBO hey, Max. Oh my gosh! <laughs> By the way, but, um, uh, yeah. but I want to see it again where I can just settle in and say, okay, I know everything. Now I can just sit back and enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. So but, anyway, well, that's I, good. I, I think I've, it's. I've, I kept yeah. hearing that. I didn't want to see too much about it, but I no. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised how much of a real film it is, and not just a Michael Bay production okay well, hey <laughs> hey now uh-huh. michael, have you watched ambulance by the way michael bay's latest have i watched what ambulance michael bay's latest no you should, should I? you should watch it just to see it <laughs> how many ambulances blow up in the first three minutes um not that many but eventually <laughs> <laughs> i just love i love the joke you know like i think um family guy has done it where they talk about a Michael Bay version of what they're doing, and mm-hmm. everything explodes for no reason at any given time. Like, um, a mailbox explodes, a tomato explodes. Um, well, what it, they should have it, really uh, done for Michael Bay is just have about 20 different shots of what of what, a setup that just needed maybe two, and use all of them. Right. And the camera's hey. always moving. That's no, pretty, wait that's a minute, Bay. yes. No, wait a minute. Is this the one with Gyllenhaal and they're yes. committing a robbery? Yep. Oh, okay. I, I kind of wanted to see that. It's it's very entertaining. Highly entertaining. Okay. It's it's uh it's Bayham to the extreme, but in a good way. Well, like I was I was happy you, to watch it. You know I like Gyllenhaal. I really do. I yeah. enjoy watching oh, him work. And, and I kind of miss is, that he hasn't been doing anything really. He is in a essentially while, he is playing Michael Bay in the movie. <laughs> I'm okay. not like he really is. Like it's. There's no doubt about it. He's he's all he's really also very entertaining in it. Um, you said something a moment ago. Oh, first of all, before I get to that, uh, I guess we should address the uh, the shark not being in the room. <laughs> That's it. Uh, shark is uh, he's gone. He's back to he's yacht racing. Yes. He's, uh, I guess it's that season. Uh, it seems like there's a yes. lot of turmoil, bad weather going on, but. He told us there is. that that the, the yacht racing season only comes around one time a year. Yeah. And, and did you see that picture he sent? I didn't know if you got it. I don't, um, I don't think I did. Maybe. Okay, so it was supposed to go to boats, but it's a picture of him. He looks just like Leo on his yacht in Wolf of Wall Street yes. with the white pants and the he's, white shirt. Yep, he's throwing money. Yeah, and there's like, yes, he was throwing money, and there's like half-naked women all over the boat. Yes. Yep, yep. And I'm like, dude, we're back here trying to put together art I and do. hold down the fortress, <laughs> and, and I, you're out here living your best Wolf of Wall, Shark of Wall Street yeah. life. <laughs> it's very <laughs> weird that he like pretends to have this other like down-home normal normalcy with yeah. us. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and then as soon as he leaves, now I also thought like maybe that's like a paid vacation type of thing where you get to feel like uh, <laughs> Leo, you mean like rock camp, like if you look, yes, like rock camp. Like if you look closely at those uh, money, maybe it had like uh, you know Leo's face Leo's on it. Leo's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's face is on it. <laughs> yeah, Marty. Oh man. So yeah, Shark. Uh, he's he's down there. He said he had to do like the world's longest airline zipline uh, over a yeah, yacht race. I, I, uh, yes, I'm not. It sure. sounded like it was in stages. It starts with a yacht race. Yes. Then you get to a place and you do the super long zipline, and then the last part is like 
I think but he said... But it wasn't said, like a normal zip line, though. Uh, it was my, something no. about like three women are on the zip line yes. and they're holding you yes. in coconut oil or something. Yes, and, and in I, the final stage is a mango eating contest, but it's women half naked and you're coaching them or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. I don't. Yeah, it so didn't I mean, sound like yeah. a vacation I've ever heard of. When I look at no, you know, it didn't even it. sound like something I'd be interested in. Other than you know, I do like being out on a boat on the ocean, but you know, yeah. yachts are a little above my pay grade. A little so bit. Uh, I don't even know how to uh, act on those things. I don't even know how you spell yacht, so I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> Other than I know it's there's yacht rock, and I'm assuming yes. that's what he's listening to while he's out there. Maybe that's it. Maybe he had so many gigs on those yachts playing that yacht rock. <laughs> he got addicted to the lifestyle. Wait a and- minute. Wait a minute. You know what this could be? You know how like there's those rock cruises where you go and it's like Poison and Tesla, yes. Badland, yes. they're all playing. Is Shark part of a like rock cruise that he's playing on right now? I bet he is. I bet there's some kind of like uh, Uncle Tupelo uh, <laughs> tribute yeah. or a rock cruise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I bet that's what, like, it's a, uh, no, 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 no. I tell you what it is. I bet it's a bluegrass uh, um, on the oceans. Country chicken picking. <laughs> yeah. Telly. Yeah, it has to be. But I mean, Could I'm be. sure the the radio, you know, picked up on the absence of sharks' color commentary. Yes. Well, I figured we needed to address it by now because clearly, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you know, I think we're always in denial when one of us is gone, so we yeah. just try to, <laughs> you know, we're very British. We stiff up our lip and try to <laughs> get past. That's right. We just carry on. <laughs> We just uh, we keep carry, the home fires burning. <laughs> we keep the home fires burning. We uh, we uh, carry on and have our tea. <laughs> oh, and crumpets. Listen, and, and crumpets. crumpets. Listen to our Pink Floyd. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, you sent me a great clip the other day. I was. What was I going to talk about? <laughs> you reminded me of something. Because uh, I, I obviously pump out a lot of material uh, depending on the day. Oh, hey, bye. Real fast. Uh, big thanks yeah. to. Uh, this is just a shout out. If anybody's listening, I doubt it. But uh, <laughs> big thanks to uh, Trader Bob's Tattoo in St. Louis, uh, f- uh, Ryan Brown. Thanks for some solid tattoos. Uh, go it's check, all the work. It's gorgeous. Go check them out if you're in the St. Louis area. They they are the oldest standing uh, traditional tattoo shop in St. Louis, and they have original flash that goes back like freaking eighty years or something. Oh nice! Uh, in the place that you can pick from, really cool, really cool place. Right, and don't forget to use promo code, code. twenty right. twenty one <laughs> sucks up to HBO Max. That's, um, right. that's the promo code, and it will get you uh, nothing. Well, that's what um, I'm going to use that promo code. <laughs> I'm going to, yes, do it. Uh, uh, there's so many good things on there. Speaking of, I'm going to put a pin in what I was going to talk about. Uh, you haven't watched the second episode of Succession, but boy, oh boy. I have not. Congratulations on coming up with the biggest number, you morons. morons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so great. Um, so, well, okay, we can at least talk about the first episode. Sure. And. Is it me, or is it very clear that he's going to die? It seems like like it. I talked to you off air about the fact that all the billboards have him looking at his watch. Which I didn't notice until you said it. It's true. But, I mean, like, there's there's so many different little scenes. But the one I'm really thinking of, Mm -hmm. and it makes me think, um, for tangentially just a second, is you know I'm a huge Mad Men fan. Yeah. And when Bert dies... Roger, you know, is so devastated, and he says, I should have known he was going to die. When old men start talking about Napoleon, 
they're going to die. And he mm. wasn't joking. Like, it's funny to watch, but he wasn't joking. <laughs> well, when he's sitting there in a restaurant with his bodyguard mm-hmm. and talking about life and connections and all, it's like, dude, this is a guy It's at the end. He knows he's at the end, mm. and he's waxing poetic about his own death. Well, I mean, at me, least it feels that way. Let me tell you this. Uh, we let know, me tell you something. We know that... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, we know that. I mean, obviously, the name of the show is Succession. So, obviously, right. yeah. is it succession of what he has handed down to his children already? Is it right, like the lies, the anger, yeah, the bitterness, the, the su- rivalry? Is that the succession we're seeing? Is the succession literally going to be him dying? Who takes the reins? Who takes the power? Who takes the money? I, it could be anything. But I will say, the second episode is very Logan sympathetic. Well, I felt like um, the first one was trying to make Logan, there, Logan sympathetic. And there is a point in it where you go, like, literally, with a very weird turn for the audience, for me, but there is a point in it where you go, I get it. Logan Roy is awesome, and he is great at what he does, and I understand right. why he is the lion he is, and I'm kind of right. on his side right now. <laughs> Right, like there's a just a you'll know it when it happens. Like it's such a big he's it's such a chew, scene chewing Emmy winning scene that he performs in the second episode that you'll be like, oh, maybe Logan well, Roy's not gonna die. Maybe he is okay. just getting fired up. Okay, like he's just uh, getting ready to take it to the next level. Yes, and okay, you will so also let me see make a confession. without without. Um, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, here's my confession. I the, so. Sunday night, I... Okay, so I got a new turntable. I, I upgraded yes. well beyond my means. You sent me a video. You sent me a video of yes. uh, Corinne at the liquor yes. store being played on, and it was... Yeah. Boy, it sounded yeah. great, and, even over the phone. And, <laughs> yes, and so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, So I upgraded. So I so until I get my, my old turntable, I'm going to basically just set my card up on it where it's just my mono player. For all my mono records, I can just listen gotcha. to it. So anyway, I was I knew the new turntable was coming in. I was going to set it up, and it's going to be a little while before I can get to mono. So Sunday, um, late afternoon, early evening, I started having a few bourbons and listening to my mono records. A lot of Bob Dylan, you know, some jazz, whatever, whatever. So I was a little bit buzzed, and I turned on now, the Now, of course, the original is the Billy Idol, mono, mono, mono. Yes, yes, mono, mono. Um, yeah. <laughs> mono, mono. Mono, uh, mono. Hey, hey, this is a real quick, uh, this is real, I'm yeah. sorry. Please keep in mind where you were going with this story. Yeah. Did everywhere... In America, when they sang, when they heard the song, Mono Mono, Mono Mono, did they insert their lines, get laid, get effed? Or was that. Everywhere I knew, everybody said, laid, get laid, get effed. effed. Me too. However, yeah. as I traveled throughout the world, a lot of people, a lot of people, even people close here, never have heard that. It made me wonder is it just a Waltonville, like. Mount Vernon thing. thing? I mean, I remember being at the Loiters Club and it going off. Well, I've heard back oh, then. Okay, okay. So maybe it was just that localized. I've literally talked to people all my life and I've brought this up whenever the song come on. And people will just be like, no, I've never heard that. And I thought, wow, that's just a uh, that's just a local little chunk of small Southern Illinois thing. Yeah. So for the rest of the world, when you're listening to Moni Moni, it goes... Uh, 
Here she come now, singing money, money. Everybody at the dance would say, get laid, get effed. Except they didn't say F. They yes. said the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is so there totally you go. True. Try it out next time it comes on. All right, now, yeah. please. I uh, hope you don't forget okay. where we're going with no, Mono, no, no. Mono, so Mono, Mono, Mono. I started Mono. watching, I watched about the first 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. And, I, and this is just because I was, I had had cocktails. Sure. I was tired. I dozed off. Uh-oh. Okay, so I remember the first 10 minutes or so, you know, there's some Logan stuff going on. Now, here's the problem, and you're going to laugh at me. I wake up, and I look up, and Roman walks into the room, and he's talking to his dad, and the episode ends. And I'm like, what the hell is Roman doing here? I thought they were all against him. And so... I, I that was that's all I know, and so that kind of threw me for a shake because full confession. <laughs> over the course of this show, I have slowly but surely been firmly coming down on Team Roman. I don't know what it is about this kid that I yeah. like. Well, I'll tell I you think, what it is. I think there's a, there's a genuine like through all Can this I... snarky facade and BS. I, I think I, he has the deepest feelings and wants to connect the most. Well, no, I was going to say, they can't. It's, it's really simple. Roman, to me, I think, anyway, Roman only wants one thing. He wants love. Right, right. He, he just wants his dad to say, yeah, wants, I love you and I'm proud of you. Well, and I think That's he wants it. his siblings to love him. Of course he does. He just wants he a is, family. He just he wants li- a family. Really, though, he is a hurt little boy. Who, that's all he really wants, and he's underneath all this. Yeah, he makes fun of everything. Yeah. Everything's a per, you know perversion <laughs> of what, right. what we're talking about. But that's right. why he's the one that can be won over, because all Dad has to say is, "I need you, at a boy," and he's lights up like a little puppy dog. Well, basically. didn't we find out at but the end a- of last episode, or was it in the trailer? Or was it at the beginning of the episode, he snuck a text to his dad saying happy birthday? Yes, I believe that's in this episode. The okay, because I, I remember that. Because I think early. he, yeah, he, he even has to fess up that he yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah, And, and again, There's I a, thought, that makes sense. But then I'm like, but like I said, at the end, I'm like, what? Like, imagine this, you wake up, you know, you're kind of kind of hung over a little, you know, you got that little quick mm-hmm. buzz thing and you're like, what the hell is Roman doing here? And yeah. that just ends. There's a great or, uh, so or, Connor, What does he say? Something, something Romulus. You know, Romulus, and I was like, yeah, yeah. oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. What he says, but I will spoil. Okay. I will spoil one scene where uh, Connor's getting married. So it's like his rehearsal dinner. Oh it's god. Happening. Oh oh oh! I heard Connor has like. One of the best scenes of the entire does. Uh, series he, he, in this episode, where I guess he like calls the the truth of it all out. Yes, he like he basically calls okay. the, calls the kids out. Basically, uh, I don't want to tell what happens before it yeah, because it's but very I've heard people talking about. It's this. very surprising what happens bef- right before it, but then he calls the truth out. And, okay, and he says this line, which is something like, "You all, all of you, look at everything you're doing." just to screw him over all you want you just you're just hurt little children who have to have love and attention and you can't get it and he says i am moss i grow on a rock i live off insects that have died inside me He's like, I don't need any of this. Because he's and, never been, been given love, and he accepted exactly. it a long time ago. It, yes. Exactly, and he accepted it a long time ago. And right. like this whole second episode is basically therapy. 
like it is the writers being like let's put therapy into this episode and to like, everyone or just a few key players no like i'm not saying they talk about it but it literally right, right, is right, that right. like there's a moment when they get what they want and they are faced with can we accept this and now move on or should we just wow. hold, or should we just hold this hate in our heart and for no good reason and they decide to hold the hate in their heart um, well and and Connor basically says to them like you just chose <laughs> the the being other thing child. being a child uh, I don't need any of that I'm gonna go home to my fake fiance that yeah sure yeah. whatever it's not real yeah. but you know what right. it's something and I have it and I don't need well, you know anything. what I don't know how I don't know how close things are because maybe I woke up a little earlier but I do remember him basically saying. I have a fiance that doesn't love me and I don't care. Yeah, more or less. And, and he goes and crawls in bed with her and I'm mm -hmm. thinking, did they even get married? Like it looked like a marriage, you know, wedding dress thing. So I mean, I it caught a, that. It's a rehearsal yeah, dinner. Oh, it's gotta be. It's it gotta a, be it was, fucked up. Oh, it's just a rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, can I say something as a complete literary geek uh -oh, that sure. I think you will appreciate? Mm-hmm. There is nothing more powerful in the history of modern Western literature than something that makes a bunch of family get together and have a scene. Uh -huh. I can name novels, short stories. Sure. I can go on a rant about it's always this moment. Like, it's like one I always think of is um, the last story in James Joyce's The Dubliners is mm -hmm. a story yeah. called The Dead. Mm -hmm. And everybody's getting together for Christmas and it's like when they sit down to this big family dinner secrets and truths come out whether people want them to or not it may not yeah. be the whole truth yeah. but it's enough to shake everything up yeah or the subtext and leave is enough people, to, yes uh, and leave people shaken and changed well, it happens so much in American literature and I think film and cinema you see that there's something about oh, yeah. this we all have to get together for something, mm -hmm. and something. I was going to say, uh, Succession loves a uh, event. Yes, have, have you noticed how many weddings or parties yes. or something? How about that? How about last season? I think it was where there's so many episodes where they're all stuck on that boat together, trying oh, yeah. to figure out what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. you're the, you're, yeah. They're on Shark's yacht, and they're yeah. trying to figure out That's what right. they're going to do here. Oh, throwing money um, around, Gavin lobsters, saying like, "Go so back to your let me other ask wife." You a question. Okay, let me ask you a question. Because you yeah. know I told you I rewatched the last two episodes before I went into the new season. Mm -hmm. And I noticed something this time around that I didn't pay enough attention to before. And when they've all decided that he screwed them over and they're now going to, you know, they're going to go take their shares yep, and gonna. screw him over. Mm -hmm. Tom, is, and which Tom. he does. And which Tom. he does. Yeah, and Tom. Rats him out. Absolutely. But there's stuff he says before he unleashes the plan. They haven't completely let him know what they will do. That's he knows right. what they're going to do, but it's like, are they going to do it or are they not going to do or it? Got, yeah. And he says all kinds of stuff like, I am protecting you. I do have your interest. Do yes. you trust me? Yes. Do you believe me? And, you know, and so here's the dilemma I have with that. I had it then, and based on what you're telling me now, and after watching the show, I can never decide... When any of these characters say they're going to take care of something and take care of each other, it, it, they almost never do. It's a ruse. It's a lie. It's a scam. Well, yeah, that is. And yeah. I can't decide is Roman, well, not Roman, uh, what's the dad's name? Logan. Logan. 
Was Logan BSing them in that room? Or was he being honest about that deal? He was going to protect them. He was going to take care of them. They just needed to trust him. Oh, or, I think he. I no. I was think he, he was ripping being, their throats out. And, I think he and was they, being honest in that moment. I okay. was one of the few. So then, honest is moments he honest he when he is saying things? Uh, do you think it's honest? What's going on in this episode? Like when he, if he offers them love, is he really offering them love, or is it bullshit? Well, he needs he needs them to calm down on a deal. Is, uh-huh. is, the, is the main thing, but he's still giving them what they asked for. But is it genuine? That's well, what I can't yeah, get past. It, that's that's the whole you know crux of the thing, I suppose. Is it real or not? Um, but you know, you could you could accept it as real <laughs> and move on if that was the thing that you were looking for. It, gen, you know, I don't know if the genuineness of it does it really matter in the long run. I mean, see, to, I don't know. to a person he is like who me, he, he, he does. Okay, <laughs> but, I guess but he to is. Them. But he is who he is, though. Like you know, yeah. There's no changing him. That's another right. thing that like therapy would teach you. Like you're not going to change him. The only way oh, thing God, you no. can the only thing you can change is how you deal with him. Yep. Yep. And, you uh, and how you deal with it. So yep, like, that's it. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm interested. You need to watch it. I will just say this: is this will, this episode? This, I will definitely watch it tomorrow because I have Holden tonight after school, so I won't get right. to. This but I'm watching it tomorrow uh, for sure. I was surprised so early. They make it really clear that the kids are helpless without him. They do not know what they're doing. Shiv See, is is coming unraveled okay. did like you, did so you feel unraveled. Like we saw that in that open. So I know I'm behind. So episode one, they're sitting in a room, and Romulus is all for this plan they have. It, and it seems like, from my completely ignorant business standpoint, it sounds like a good plan. It's new. It's mm-hmm. going in the direction new tech is. It's a complete breakaway from their father. And immediately, Shiv and ah. Uh, the old the the brother Connor, that's or, so uh, many uh, uh, shoot, I forgot, I forgot his name too. But yeah, uh, that's gonna drive me crazy. Jesse, his name. Jess, Jesse Armstrong. I can't. Uh, yes, they immediately are like, no, 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 no. Let's do Kendall, this. Kindle, Kindle. They immediately want to go back into this old path that yes. really just screws over their dad. And Kendall is Kendall is looking through the flag uh, and he says, yeah. uh, he says, uh, inside baseball about politics. How confusing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's clear to me that they're not even thinking straight, and then they end mm-hmm. up paying more than they probably should. Oh yeah, for an outdated media source. Yep. And Shiv is and taking calls. It's not even in their wheelhouse because it's a liberal um, pay, uh, news yeah. organization. Yeah, and so I mean, I just sat here and I'm like, this is not good business. No, and you know, I mean, I hate to go Godfather on these people, but. If Michael Corleone and his crew have taught us anything, you've got to separate what is personal from what is business. <laughs> right. right? I mean, seriously, because if you let personal feelings come into it, you make bad decisions. If you keep it about business, you can make good decisions. <laughs> and they don't true. and they don't they don't well that's the thing too, is you know, like you brought up what succession could mean metaphorically, allegorically, mm. symbolically. And I think one thing that's become clear to me about this show is the line of succession for this show is that, um, for better or for worse, intentional or unintentional, the these are all children in states of arrested development. 
Oh, yeah. They may be 30, but they have the emotional maturity of a 15-year-old that has never gotten over mm-hmm. a traumatic event. And For so sure. I can totally see how they don't know how to truly do things without Logan leading them because that's all they've known is Logan leading them. Yeah. They've never had to step out on their own, make a decision, and live with the consequences mm-hmm. of it. You know, I mean, even... I know Logan they, did it protect his business, but when he gets um, Kendall out of that horrible accident, yeah. you know, there's no there's no paying for it. And I know he's tortured himself and whatever. Who's the real but, victim here? I waited 45 minutes for a martini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not your fault. There's no way that's your fault. I mean, you even, you even tried. I wouldn't have tried to say it. I wouldn't have tried at all. I would have just left. <laughs> Like a hero, um, yeah, I know, and I'm telling you, I also got the biggest um, crack up about rewatching when um, uh, Pandora, Romulus Pandora's sends box. The, the penis picture to his dad oh my god, instead yeah. of the woman. What? Are you some kind of sicko? Yeah, what's the matter with you? Are you some kind of sicko? What's the matter with you? I love. I think it's in the same episode. <laughs> Somebody's trying to, you know, t- get him to talk about it. And he was like, you don't want to open up Pandora's box. There's just more dicks in there. (laughs) Exactly. 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 And, you know, um, as you know, I have said this for years that I am the biggest Brian Cox fan there is. Oh, he's great. Like, rewatching Deadwood, I I forgot that he was was the, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yes. Well, no, I mean, like, he was in that. Um, He plays uh, Agamemnon and Troy, and he's like, perfect as Agamemnon. Like, that is exactly how I read Agamemnon all these years is this petulant bully. He's a very smart and. And then, Brian like, he Cox. kills me just doing his McDonald's commercials. Yes, that's right. Ba-da-ba-ba-bum. <laughs> um, he does, he came so to play. Me, he comes to play, Just watching him. You know, he, I don't care if he was in the biggest piece of dog crap movie. <laughs> yeah. He's going to bring his A-plus game to mm-hmm. it. Oh, and yeah. it would look absurd because the movie would be so bad, and he would look like he's over the top and out of control. But he's not going to phone anything in. The dude just doesn't no. know how. So to watch him... In all these scenes, it's just, it's fascinating. But every time I watch, all I do is think, like, I could not live in this world because I can't trust anyone. No. Like, I don't know who's lying to me. Six people are all in this room. Six people are all telling me something. And there's potential all six of them are lying to me. Yes. And everybody's screwing me and me alone over and half the time, <laughs> half the time, you can tell they don't even, they're not even sure what they're talking about. And, no, like, so, and, and the guy that there's Ron, so much it, empty dialogue they fill things with, yes. and I think and the guy that Roman is talking that. to, the guy that Roman's talking to on the phone, that he's like, yes. "Well, I just paid you two hundred million dollars to say I guess so, or whatever." Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. When he's ragging on that dude, wow, the things you learned at Harvard are so staggeringly <laughs> impressive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just what the yeah. Heck, we could do man. another five hundred million. And I like that yeah. Roman's the only one of them that was like, you realize how much a half a billion dollars is, right? Yes. <laughs> like, I don't think you like, do. It's like, it's, they're so no. empty. They're so empty. What's sad about it is they're so empty. It's just a number game to them. They don't, it doesn't, it's not real. There's yeah. No- so, I mean, like, think about you and I. Every month, you and I sit down and pay bills. And every mm-hmm. month, 
we probably, I, well, I come on, we know this is true. Every month we have that moment where you're like, Jesus Christ, where did all the money go? Like yeah. you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna die, but man, everything's expensive. Yeah. Man, you're like this is brutal. These people have no idea when they say ten billion to them. That's ten cents in their pocket. Mm-hmm. That's it's just it's like not I, even, it's not even that. It's not. Yeah, there's nothing real to it about them. It's thing. Yes. someone else's you know money. Really. Right. I like when Connor says she's talking about. I need another hundred million to stay in the conversation. Yes, and uh, he's like, "Would you still be rich?" And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah. I mean, just yeah, just not as rich." <laughs> right. And here's the thing: I can't decide if Con- I like. I'm starting to think he does not have much money at all. Yeah, he- like I can't decide if he is really blown through the majority of his stuff, or if you know he he's smart enough to understand I may have. A billion dollars, but I just I just lost you know a hundred yeah, million. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. A tenth's gone. I can't yeah. I can't decide how that is. And the thing that I tell you is really shocking to me that I think they've done, and only in the first episode, um, for for several seasons now, it has appeared to me that while Shiv's personal life is an absolute train wreck, when it comes to business, she's closer to Logan than anyone else. Like as far as yeah. the savvy, well, the, the seeing well, the big yeah. picture, mm-hmm. but it's clear maybe like either a lack of confidence or she's just BS her way through it. But when I saw her fall for this deal thing, mm-hmm. you know, like no, we can do it. Oh, this is better. No, we, got we can it. do this. And you can see it like when when he calls them and says like yeah. congratulations, <laughs> you morons. You got the biggest number. <laughs> you can see it in her face of like, oh crap. Uh, yeah. What did I just do? Like, yeah, like he's right. He, they were going to buy this for six billion dollars, and now somehow it got up to ten. Right, because I mean, like Logan, I think didn't Logan basically say like, "We do not go above seven. Yeah, like, that, I, think th- so. I think that was like his bottom line. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, they sell it for what ten? Ten. Yeah, they buy it for ten billion. So he doesn't <laughs> want to go above six. No, seven would be like his highest number, and they're going. Almost double from what he said is what it should go for. Yeah. So they've really made, and well, those people played them so well, acting like, oh yeah, oh I don't know, this is such a, I don't like talking about oh, money, yeah. and this it makes me think of so ugly. But let's what, talk about what movie ten. is it where there's a character says you don't like talking about money because you've always had. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, it's a scene in Aviator. When um, DiCaprio goes and meets Hepburn's family that's super rich. Ah, yes. Yep. And they're like, yeah. they're saying stuff like, you know, it's, but we're back to Marty, by the way, but they're, uh, oh, talking about money so distasteful and whatever, right? I, I don't want to do it. Yeah, you don't want to do it because you've always had it. There's nothing else for you to talk about <laughs> because you don't understand life without it. Yeah. Um, you've never made anything. Yeah. So, and by the way, on that front, um, there is, I remember reading a story when I was in uh, grad school. It was in an article we were reading. And I can't remember the guy's name, but this guy, to me, is like a Logan character. He starts with nothing, and he built this huge empire. Mm-hmm. And his child, he had one child. And at the end of his life, he was talking to his auto or his biographer, and he said, point blank, um, the worst failure of my life is my son. Ooh. Um, out of love, I tried to give him everything. And what I raised was a soulless, 
spoiled, lazy, incompetent, whatever, who is probably going to not only destroy my fortune, but my name. Whoa. And it is the greatest regret I will ever live. This is a real person yeah. saying this about his real son. And um, I, 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 I feel like there's some of that in Logan. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I, I did all this, mm-hmm. and you people can't do anything. There's a, there's a heartbreaking line. I, I'll spoil it. He, he says okay. to his children in the second episode, which is... So he does speak to all the children, not yes. just Romulus. Yeah, okay. it's, a big, it's a big meeting, and he says to them... I love you, but none of you are serious people. <laughs> wow. Wow. And don't you think for years he thought Shiv was going to be the serious one? Yeah, I think so. I, re- I really do think that he he thought Shiv had the potential. Yeah. The ruthlessness, eye on the prize, see beyond everything. Um, yeah. And, and by is- the way, I just have to throw this out. You know how I got to ask you this, and I don't think we, you probably know yet, or maybe you do, but you know how Tom stayed loyal. He chose mm-hmm. Logan over Shiv. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't decide. Is this going to be one of those things where? And here I'm going to reference another movie. Um, it makes me think of Road to Perdition, oh, where. Yes. You know, Paul Newman truly loves Tom Hanks and knows Tom Hanks is the greatest he's, person ever, the most loyal. He's the, he's the son but he wanted, yeah. You're not my blood. Mm. And the son that's a POS, uh, Daniel Craig, by the way, yeah. um, is his blood. And when it comes down to it, he chooses Daniel Craig over Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. So sure. loyalty didn't mean anything. Blood is what really matters. So my point is. Do you think that Tom ultimately will have his loyalty rewarded, or will Ooh. Logan turn on him on a dime because he's not blood? Well, he might have already rewarded it. I'll just have to say you need to watch part two. Okay, okay. Because I didn't know. Because he does I keep something. Waiting for him to he destroy does something. Tom. Uh, he does something <laughs> really ruthless that gets Shiv to become unhinged. Okay. He puts Shiv in a corner he he pulls up logan basically and she's like tom does yeah and she was like i wonder where he got that advice from basically well yeah because it makes me i've wondered all along you know with this divorce because tom even as dopey and dumb as he is in that last episode he straight up i give him credit he He confronts logan i was gonna say tom tom is this is your home right now but i'm me yeah and 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 i did what i did for you but she is your daughter where would you, you know, he can't get it yeah, out. Yeah. Are you going to support mm-hmm. me or her? That's the question. Yeah. But he doesn't have the guts to say it, but he does say it, and Logan gets it. Now, Logan yeah. gives an answer, but as I reiterate, but, I never know in this show if sure. people are telling the truth when they say something. Well, they, uh, yeah, another spoiler. Um, Logan hires every divorce lawyer in town, so Tom will be involved with oh, them. So Shiv he, pull, he pulls the Tony Soprano. <laughs> yep, so Shiv When Tony goes and meets with every great lawyer anybody. in the area. Yeah. Yep. And yep. he does that to his own daughter. Now, yep. does he do that, do you think, to pay Shiv back? I or think to try it, to bring that's, her into that's the my, fold? That's my big question. Is this to punish her, or is it to reward Tom? I think it's to punish her. Well, not just that, but do you see what I'm saying? If yes. you crush oh, no. her, yeah, yeah, exactly. she has to come back to you. She, she has is, to come back she into is the now. Like She's totally unhinged. Speaking of unhinged, we got to get out of here. We're out of time. Oh, crap. We, that we went by fast, so yeah, we got into our show. We made it through the storm. <laughs> uh, hopefully Shark returns from his yacht racing, and all will be well. So uh, we'll, see, we'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs> Congratulations on coming up with the biggest number, audience. <laughs>
<laughs> Peace. I love you all, but you're not serious. <laughs> that should be the tagline for our show. <laughs>